Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to the Hot Corner On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all of your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Dig your cleats in. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher. The pitch from Acevedo. A drive deep to right field. Down the line. The Mariners win this game 2-1. The dream lives. They're going to the playoffs. The drought is over. Cal Raleigh. Wow. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Covering all things baseball, the big leagues, and the MLB to Portland. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Shut up. And Rutschman will hit a fly ball here. Deep center field. And so long. Adley Rutschman with a moonshot to center field. Now, here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher. This is the Hot Corner on the Odyssey app and 1080. The Fan. Welcome in to the Hot Corner for Must Be a Wednesday, but it's always a Wednesday around here. Patrick Harris in with you tonight. Joe Fisher out of the building. He must have died, so uh, time to step up to the plate. Uh, our fantastic producer will slide into that two-chair and do double duty tonight, Mr. Jordan Schultz. How are you, my amigo? Happy hump day. Tired, but good. I, I'm happy to be out of the snow and just in the rain. Yes. I can drive. I can walk. We're good. I uh, I drove to work today. Hell yeah. On 205. Ooh. For the, oh no, I did it yesterday. For, yesterday was the first time I'd been on 205 in a week. Because after that dude <laughs> hit the snowbank and yeah. took his car into the Columbia, if the weather is an ounce iffy, I'm like, hell no. I five for life. You and Souk with the ramp over the Glen Jackson dude, Bridge. Dude, it's, it's terrifying. It, like, it is. Souk and I drive on 205 every single day day it's we we you know i'm north vancouver now i used to be in camas and when i did that 205 was still my jam and now it's still my jam now because i work in milwaukee okay and souk takes it and then hits 84 to come to the station he did it when we were down at the poop filled willametta and he does it here uh, you know under the historic fremont bridge and him and i are 100 on the same level of no the answer is just no 
Like, I have decided that if there is snow and I, for some ungodly reason, have to take 205, I'm taking the left lane the whole way. Because then if I, for some reason, skid out and I hit a snowbank to the left, I'm going to fly into oncoming traffic. And I like my chances better there than in the Columbia River. And if I hit a patch of ice and slide to the right, there's a good chance I hit cars and they go into the Columbia before I go into the Columbia. Well, how nice of you to Pure think of other people, too. What's that? You're thinking of other people. Selfish, but you're still thinking of them going into oh, the Columbia. Oh, I would much rather, if I slide to the right across 205, I, I'm i sorry, bud. If you're in the car next to me, dude, and you fly over, I'm going, whoa, that's not me. Thank God, baby. Going home. Let me get hear back you. In, let me get back in the left lane. Yeah, I would love to follow you doing that and just be like, we're, we're doing like 35. Because I hope the the reason that that would happen is you're going way too fast in that kind of weather, right? Right. So I hope everybody's driving just like almost like a grandpa crawl, just uh, like 30 miles an hour, 35. I am a very conscientious driver. Okay. Uh, I give myself, I'm very punctual. I give myself plenty of time to get to wherever I need to get to. You're a smart person. That's good. So I have no reason to speed. I mean, yeah, sure, I go over the speed limit, of course, but I'm not doing, you know, 90 on I-5 when it's 60. Yeah, yeah, I'll hit 72. Yeah, I'm not not a schlub. Like, I know what's going on here. I always go nine over. Uh, But for the longest time, you know, driving that pickup truck, you know, I didn't have money to buy a new car. And uh, so if the pickup truck got damaged, dude, I was in a world of hurt. I was in a world of hurt. Now I got my beautiful Ford Bronco Sport that I picked up from Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. And let me tell you, they treat me right before, during, and after the sale. Uh, and I just, I don't want that baby hurt. She, she's pretty. She's my girl. And uh, so uh, when it comes to the snow and the ice, I mean, I went to work every day except for Wednesday. The office was closed. Wednesday was the bad day. And I'm glad I didn't go. But every other day, you know, you just get on, turn my Bronco Sport into goat mode, put it on the ice. It turns into like a four-wheel drive low, and and I'm good to go. That's, goat mode. Good. I thought it was, you know, goat greatest mode. of all time. I was like, sick, dude. My car's Tom Brady. This is awesome. I got the Michael Jordan of Fords right now. Goat mode, baby. Goat mode. Now, nah, it stands for great on all terrain. <laughs> that is goat. Whatever, dude. Greatest of all time is what I'm going with. Well, I'm glad that you had a better time than I did. Uh, The snow, my brakes were already going out, and the snow kind of made that a little worse. Yeah, a little more apparent. Uh, Yeah, so that's uh, that's at a dealer garage right now. I got a rental car. All right. So we're just, we're we're sailing, but I'm happy that I am safely here. Uh, But we are in the trust tree right now, and I will admit, uh, I am staring at the clock for I planned this poorly. My man, I got to pee. You got to go. I got to go so bad right now. Nature calls. But uh, in in the old days, I just pee in a bottle right now as I'm talking to you. But now that we're on YouTube, I... You can't pull the old... Figured I didn't want to share the goods on YouTube. We might be banned, you You can't. You can't pull the old Dumb and Dumber, unfortunately. Right. Damn. Right. I, I would watch that. I would probably pay to watch you pee into a bottle in a radio studio. I totally would. That that would that would be a, a ticket that I, I would get. Mark. I would like that pulled. <laughs> I would like to watch you pee in a radio station. I was like, all right, well, all right. how much money? I mean, like, I got a price. <laughs> Everybody's got a price here, Schultz. <laughs> I was only thinking, like, mm, no more than three figures, but I don't know. I, t- shit, dude. 
Hell, man, dude, I'd do it for ten bucks. No, well, that's—I don't know. Maybe a dollar. Start, start to lower my price. Wow, here. you can tell I took a week off, dude. I just—I just got—I just got my first dump button of 2024. Did we make it? Oh, we made it. We oh, made I, it. Oh, I covered it. I, I hit the dump button a lot. Nice, dude. When I, we need to, I, I I just smack it. Dude, I haven't had the dump button in forever, dude. That's awesome. I feel alive. Well, I'm so can, alive right now. You can hear it on YouTube. So there you go. <laughs> and and the podcast. That's and true. the Odyssey. No, app. I'll cut it out of the podcast. Okay. Uh, dude, I feel alive right now, man. Well, it's when you when you got to pee, it kind of just throws you off. I got to pee. Not, you're not thinking. You're not thinking normal. I'm back on 205. I got the greatest of all time. And uh, I got the dump button, dude. Rop was saying I didn't want to be here tonight. Well, that has changed, my friend. I am so jazzed to be here right Great now. Great way to start. This is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And Alabama just beat Auburn in college basketball. I was thinking today, I was like, I think I'm going to take Auburn pretty deep in the tourney. I really like this team. I think they're really well coached. I think they got a lot of size. I think they're like good all across the board. I really like this Auburn team. Then they lose, and I'm like, dope, dude. Don't do that. Yeah. Still not paying attention to college basketball for another eh, two and a half weeks. Yeah, you're crazy, man. I love college ball. Oakley Doakley. Well, we got a show for you tonight. Joe's out. That's okay. No problem. I was out last week, so thanks to Joe and Schultze for holding it down for me as I could not, uh, I did not feel comfortable getting in. But Joe had already made it in, uh, and so he held the fort down, and you too, Schultze. So thank you for that. So we're back. We got a good show for you today. One of my favorite shows of the year is always... The Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, to me, in baseball is something so revered and so great, yet so controversial and such a great topic um, to chat about as, I say, ours, us baseball lovers. We have the best Hall of Fame. We have the best Hall of Fame. It can be a giant pain in the ass sometimes, but you can look at some writers and say, you're a bitch. Ah, you see how I'm like, now I'm using the good swear words. There you go. You're um, leaning into it. Uh, you know, it can drive you bonkers sometimes, but I do really feel like this is the most fun and the the most engaging and and great stuff to talk. So this is one of my favorites. So we're going to be heavy Hall of Fame. We'll look at uh, we'll look at future ballots. We'll look at this current ballot, guys that made it, guys that didn't make it, how this is shaping up to the future. And if we're lucky, we'll get into uh, some other news and notes around the league and if we're really struggling we can uh talk some harbaugh i know we've been uh free and loose on this show of late which i'm kind of into you know the idea that baseball doesn't rule everything around me into a little experimentation are we yeah yeah joe kind of put that bug in my ear and i was like you know what i've been watching the nfl playoffs we could preview games because i know you're i know you're out tomorrow for prime time and then bucks back on friday yes sir you might need a little fill we might switch over some who knows who knows what we're going to do tonight? Just hang on, and we'll be right here. 503, uh, why, I just blanked on the... Uh, 8646-FAN. 864-6326, Vancouver Ford line, text line. Uh, when we come back, let's dive into three new members of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. How we feel about this, that's next. Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. 717 here, Portland Sports Leader. Don't you forget it. We are live. From the shadows of the historic Fremont Bridge. Uh, 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. All texts to the fan are via the Vancouver Ford text line. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit VancouverFord.com. Uh, Shout out to the people listening on the app as uh, you're now in my world. What's up, baby? You know Patrick truly. Congrats on and the first dump of the year. And I have drained the snake, and I feel a thousand times better. You can also catch this show live on YouTube, youtube.com slash 1080amthefan. Uh, that's where we be. You can check that out. Um, let's let's uh, dive right into this, Schultze. Uh, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2024 was announced yesterday. I'm feeling old. We got three guys in, um, and two first ballot, and uh, I don't. I actually don't know how long the other's been on the ballot, but that's where I want to start. Heldon, six yes. years. This was his six years. Ballot. It is a very prestigious thing to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There is a lot of talk about this. There is. Um, kind of that revered class that we've seen, you know, the Randy Johnsons, the Pedro Martinez's of the world, Greg Maddox, I know those are all pitchers, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Derek Jeter. Like, when you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, that means a lot. And normally, I would start there, and I I, I do think our, our two guys that are first ballot Hall of Famers do deserve it, but I'd like to start with the guy on his sixth year, and that's Todd Helton. How this took six years for Todd Helton to get 79% of the vote to get into the Hall of Fame is absolutely beyond me. The guy played a hell of a long time and has a career batting average of over 300. I don't care if it's Coors Field. I don't care if it's the Little League Park down the street. That is Hall of Fame stuff. He didn't do it for a five-year span. He didn't do it for an eight-year span. He did it for his entire career on one team. And the fact that it took six years for one of the most revered hitters I ever saw to get into the Hall of Fame is absolutely mind-blowing. The Rockies sucked. That's what it is. They sucked for a very long time with him. It wasn't until they get into the World Series and get absolutely destroyed by the Boston Red Sox. This one is weird to me. I would I had him on my, you know, on my imaginary ballot every single year. There was just no way. Schultz, what do you think it is? What 
took Todd Helton this long to get into the hall. I mean, it's frustrating to look at it. when you're starting to talk about like the Hall of Fame at this point, you, you know, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, those big old markers that guaranteed you entry. Well, guess what? 3,000 3, 3, strikeouts, 300 yeah, wins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's go hitters. So, yeah, yeah. But, but the hitting, you know, Todd Helton had a great career over 300, hit 369 home runs. The overall career numbers, I don't think, jump out at you too much. Not that they're bad. I mean, that's that is nothing to sneeze at. He had over 2,500 hits in his career as well. If you look at Todd Helton, he's one of the most complete players, I feel like, of the game. He could hit doubles. Solid first base. Yeah, he could hit doubles. He could hit homer. He won, I believe, three <clears throat> gold gloves in his career. Came second in Rookie of the Year voting. And that's... That's huge to me because there's so many young guys in this league that have a great year or two, and then they'll just flame the hell out or have a great, you know, four or five year career. But then by the age of 29, they're done. I looked up the guy who beat Todd Helton in rookie of the year. He was a dude on the Oakland A's that I've never heard of. Exactly. And you, you make my point perfectly. And then you go, I mean, he was in the top 10 of MVP voting at least three times in his career. You look, the consistency, and I don't usually use the word consistency in sports because I don't like to. If you're not consistent, you're, you're just not good. Right, right, and, right. And you're paid to be good. This yeah. is what you show up to do. E- even above average players are consistent. Exactly. And that it's is a little why, redundant. It, it is. It's a redundant word, in my opinion. It's why you're making millions of dollars. So when you've got an on-base percentage and a slugging percentage near leading the league every single year, you don't have to hit 45 homers every single season to get into the hall. Todd Helton, he's kind of like that Edgar Martinez, I feel like. It's more of a a late inclusion because he was great. He wasn't on as good of a team, and his stats look more complete, but they don't blow the top off of the world like the 530 home run a year career hitter. You know, he's not throwing up Nelson Cruz-type stats. And he doesn't have a a body type of like you know you look at excuse me you look at ken griffey jr like especially his time in seattle yeah you look at griffey and you're like that boy was born to play baseball i watch ronald acuna jr right now and it's like boy that guy was meant to play baseball you can just tell mike trout is a brick house truck that you're kind of like wait a sec this guy should be like a linebacker. Like a tight end. How is, yeah, tight end. How is he a baseball player? And then you watch him play baseball and you're like, ooh, that guy was born to play baseball. Todd Helton didn't have that body yet was still better than everybody else. What do you think is the reason why it took six years? Like, how, how, why do I have to spend six years to convince you that this guy's a Hall of Famer? Uh, well, I actually do think some of that is because of later inclusions, like a guy, you know, Edgar Martinez, just getting into the Hall a couple new of years voters. ago. New voters. Yeah, so there's new voters, and also there's some time, you know, that's kind of waning for some guys. So you start to see in, you know, a fourth, fifth, sixth year of consideration, if there is going to be significant movement, I feel like that's when you start to see it, especially since they took, uh, it used to be 15 years on the Hall of Fame ballot. They took five years years away now you only have yeah. 10 years and then if you don't make it it's up to the veterans committee so I, I really feel like it's just kind of that that in-between point it's a perfect point in the middle of his balloting to see the completeness of his career comparing him to the rest of the class I mean we'll talk I'm sure about Joe Maurer coming up later course, on because yeah, yeah. for me in this year it just didn't seem like he wasn't an obvious choice. Comparing it to other years there were other names above him that you're like okay I got it but this year Nah, there was nobody else better than him other than maybe, you know, the other guy that got in uh, for the first time not named Joe Maurer. Yeah, Schultz, I think this is our first time doing Hall of Fame 
announcement together, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. this is our first time doing it together. I've said this in the past, so I'll share this with with uh, the listeners. If, if if you're new to the show, hi, thanks, appreciate it. All five of you, I love. If you uh, if you've been listening over the years, thank you, all three of you. Um, I I say this every time. The Hall of Fame for me is a very like this is why not only do I want it for my own ego, but this is why. I desperately want a vote for the Hall of Fame because I think it's very, very simple and straightforward. And this is something that I think gets lost on a lot of people, okay? If we assume steroids are not in the conversation, all right? Whatever, you know, my my view is, is that if you're kind of a known steroid guy, your price that you have to pay, despite all the money, all the championships, whatever you got, the price yeah. you got to pay is you lose out on Cooperstown. No go for you. That That's my opinion. I understand if you don't like it, and you're welcome to blast me on the Vancouver 4 text line, 503-864-6326. You're welcome, welcome to disagree. But if that's, my, if that's my one, like, oomph, if you do steroids, I'm not interested. The, que- the easiest question you can ask somebody is... <clears throat> Is Todd Helton the Hall of Famer? And there's only one or two answers, and it's not yes or no. The answer is either yes, or the answer is um, and once you say um, the answer is no. And that's your opinion, obviously, and if you're an educated person and your answer is um, that tells me you have doubt. Never in my entire life, in the six years Todd Helton has been on this ballot, have I ever said, um, yeah, I think so. No, it's always been like, yes. Todd Helton's a Hall of Famer. The man batted 316 in his entire career. He played from 1997, I mean, really 98 is his rookie year. That's when he finished second in rookie of the year. He played from 98 to 2013 and batted 316. And his last two years, his last season, he played 124 games and hit 249. And he still has 316. You're looking at years of... His rookie year, 315, 320, 372, 336, 329, 358, 347, 320, 302, 320. Has a dip at 264 in an injury year of 2008. 325 the next year. 256 the next year. The next year hits 302. Like, this, yes. The answer is yes. An un, an ungodly amount of yes. And that's what kind of drives me crazy. If you don't want to put a guy in for a first ballot, like if you don't believe, you know, he's one of the the Griffies or the Riveras or the Maddoxes of the world, I'm fine with that. You know, Robbie Alomar spit in an umpire's face, and his punishment is he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. If I go back on it and you ask me who's the greatest second baseman of all time, my answer is probably Robbie Alomar. Yep. But he paid the price because he's spitting an umpire's face and that's kind of a a, a big no-no. That's the character clause in what gets you into the Hall of Fame. So if you're going to save it for a first-year guy, I'm down. But how is Helton okay in six but not in two? Like Biggio. Biggio didn't get in his first year, but Biggio got in in his second because people were like, you know what? You're great. You're a Hall of Famer. But first ballot is saved for guys like Ichiro, who we'll talk about later on looking at the 2025 class. I don't get the let's wait six years. Let's wait 10 years for Edgar. Let's wait 10 years for Tim Rock Reigns. I don't believe Reigns is a Hall of Famer. And if it took you 10 years to convince yourself, 
that's that's not a good vote. I mean, the only time that I see the Edgar ten years is is BS. Yeah, because that's that's the DH garbage that you eventually convinced yourself was okay because you knew you were going to get yelled at for it when you voted for David Ortiz. Yeah, it's like yes. How how are you going to put David in if you don't put Edgar? Martin? Right, Edgar's one of the greatest hitters. Sense. If if I put my top ten list together of the greatest hitters I ever saw, I started watching baseball religiously in '95, dabbled in '94. You put together my top ten list of the most feared hitters I ever saw. Edgar's on that list. Well, there, there's a famous stat. I believe it's doubles, OPS, and batting average. He's on the list with like Babe Ruth and Mickey freaking Mantle, yeah. or like Ted Williams. It one of the greats. Mickey, Mickey Mantle, Edgar Martinez are the only three players on that list. And I can guarantee you Todd Helton is not far behind. Probably not. I mean, he led that year that he hit, uh, like, fifth in the uh, MVP voting, hit 340. He had 216 hits. He led the entire league in hitting as a first baseman. Who does yeah. that? Yeah. And you look, though, man, it sucks because you, you're wondering why didn't he get in the second year. His second year of voting was the Jeets year, along with Larry Walker during COVID. You had some classic guys, Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons, who admittedly, I don't know who they are. It says they played in, like, the Pioneer League. So outside of the 2020 year, which was his second year, I mean... You wonder why nobody was elected in 2021. That was Todd Helton's third year on mm-hmm. the ballot. Maybe that was a good opportunity. But then you get mm-hmm. into the, you know, Minnie Minoso, Tony Olivia, Buck O'Neill, David Ortiz in 2022, Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland. There really wasn't an opportunity in the last couple of years. I mean, with his first year on the ballot being Harold Baines, Roy Halladay, Edgar Musina, Mariano and Lee Smith all getting in. Unfortunately, I think that just pushed his name down a little bit. Yeah, I also I also don't look at classes in, in the way that like <clears throat> like like this class for example. We'll get into Joe and and Adrian here in a moment. I never look at classes like, well, you can't put Helton in with those guys. You can't put Helton in with Griffey. Griffey's too great. You can't put him in with Jeter. Jeter's all time. That that's a BS argument because. In that argument, any first balloter, in theory, should never be on an induction ceremony with somebody who's not a first ballot. So and in that case, then just give everybody one year. You're in or you're not. I don't know. The, the Hall of Massive Fame. Massive shout out to Todd Helton, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, the Hall of Fame voting is already so messed. And, and I personally never thought they should have shortened the length on the ballot from 15 to 10 years. I kind of thought that was uh, like a stupid thing to do in the first place. It just gives people less of a chance. So I, I don't know. I, I hear you. I understand. But at the same time, there are just so many good players out there that sometimes you just kind of forget about one for a couple of years. Yeah. Well, I'm glad for Todd Helton. I really am. Um, he is probably the last the last guy that uh, I was a little late to the party of in terms of watching their whole career. Uh, Chipper and Jeter are always my benchmarks because they both came in in 95, and that's when I really started watching baseball. So I saw your... Those were the first guys to go to the Hall of Fame that it's like, I saw your entire career. And I think Todd Helton is... The last of the one that I was late to the party on. Everybody else that's going to get in, maybe I watched y'all. I watched y'all. And and Adrian Beltre might be a little bit of that too. But Joe Maurer, I watched y'all. I 
bro, you're three years older than I am. Like, I've definitely seen you play baseball. Yeah, I don't know about the Joe Maurer inclusion. I've got a bone to pick with that one. Well, let's do that next. Let's slide over to the first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, Joe Maurer in with uh, 76% of the vote. Just gets just over over the edge. He is a new member of the Hall of Fame. We'll get to that next. But first, Schultz with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. You know, we're spending this uh, this edition of the Hot Corner talking some heavy Hall of Fame stuff. It's, I just, it's always so fascinating and has great conversation. And like we mentioned last segment, uh, Schultz, I, I didn't realize that you and I have never had the chance with or without Joe to really dive into Hall of Fame stuff. So, like, I get excited because now I want to know like what it well, Schultz, he's a baseball guy. What's his Hall of Fame criteria? Because Joe and I have been doing this show, you know, when he was producer and, and all that. We've been doing this for a while. So like I, I know where he is. And I think he I think him and I are are very similar in how we feel about stuff. But I also don't know if that's me yelling at him long enough to just uh cave in and decide. Uh but the next guy that got into the 2024 Hall of Fame. Uh, just over 75%, 76.1%. That would be catcher, first baseman, Joe Maurer, Minnesota boy, played his entire career for the Twins. Um, some stats real quick on Joe Maurer, just to catch you up in case you're listening to a baseball show and you've never heard of Joe Maurer. Um, he's got 2,100 hits, uh, only 143 home runs, which is hilarious. Uh, but he's got a 306 career batting average. He's got one, two, three, four, five Silver Slugger awards. He won the MVP in 2009. Um, and he's got one, two, three, three gold gloves as a catcher in three straight years. That is his Hall of Fame resume. Came to the league in 2004, although 2005 is really his real season. Um, 2006, his third year, or second year, however you want to say it, uh, made his first All Star game. Uh I I find what I find great about Joe is he is an extremely likable guy. Usually smiles, he's the hometown kid, he's got the Minnesota accent. Um never left transition from catcher to first. Um he is on I believe the first World Baseball Classic team for America right, yeah. and was the best hitter on the team. Uh, we did not win that because uh, America, for some reason, can't win the World Baseball Classic, although we have, but you know what I mean. Uh, I, I love Joe Maurer. I watched his entire career. He's three years older than I am. He came to the bigs my freshman year of college, so I am like a full adult in watching Joe Maurer. And I loved the way he played. I loved how he caught. I knew he's probably the first guy that they had to transition from catcher to first base for longevity purposes. Uh, I always liked him. I thought he was a very methodical hitter. I saw a fun thing the other day about his entire career against Max Scherzer. He owned him. He owned him. The one And, and Scherzer, like, changed how he pitched just so he could strike out Joe. The last time Scherzer and Joe Maurer faced each other, Scherzer struck him out. And it's the only time in his career. And I just I just found that fascinating. So I'm curious, Schultze, as we talked in the break, or and you said lead, leading into the break, 
that you have an issue with Joe Maurer in the Hall of Fame. Now, is it a first ballot Hall of Fame or is it a Hall of Fame in general? Uh, both. And so I'm I'm taking issue with the fact that not only is he in the Hall of Fame, but he his he is a first ballot Hall of Famer as we were just on the heels of talking about a player. Maybe it's because of the core field course field homers, but just talking about Todd Helton waiting six years to get on the ballot. By the hair of his chinny chin chin, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I cannot believe when you look at his career as a whole obviously he's a great player is he a hall of fame elite level player hell no i don't even think he's in the top 10 catchers of all time patrick so mind-blowing i i don't what, what is it he's a great what? what what is it about him that there's not no. enough there there he's a great singles hitter he's gets on base but he looks when you look at his stats overall like a middle infielder for his career he had one year his mvp year which i get it he hit like 360 365 he, usually guys that are hitting that frequently that well in a, a year 444 on base percentage yeah. a 1.031 ops I, I think it actually it's funny that i mentioned this because he's on the list of pro baseball references comparable players dustin pedroia had a very similar mvp season oh as a second baseman for the boston red sox oh and then you look further we'll at, talk about him no later. but then you look further at guys that had similar career stats wise Ray freaking Durham the middle infielder for the Chicago White Sox and Indians and then whoever the hell else he played for I think the Brewers at one point we're talking middle infielders that are maybe good not great and those are the stats as a catcher because he won gold gloves attach that to him and a 15-year career that's I'm sorry the 15-year career for me doesn't count either because the longevity doesn't actually it's not longevity. He had to play catcher for part of his career before switching to first base. So I've got many issues. I think there are so many other players. You look at the Hall of Fame that, uh, balloting this year. I mean, Chase Utley only getting 29% of the vote. Bobby Abreu only 15% of the vote. Uh, Andy Pettit. He didn't take steroids. He took HGH. He admitted it. He's not a D-bag. There are so many other guys that you could have put higher on this list. David o Wright? Omar Vizquel at 17%. Well, Omar Vizquel. Highway robbery. Well, yes, there's a lot of... Understood, but that guy is maybe the greatest defensive shortstop of all time, not named Alex Rodriguez. Agreed, but when you're facing some issues off I the know, field... I, I, I hear you, but off the field issues... Issues are always going to take votes away. But David Wright getting 6.2% of the vote and Joe Maurer gets 76%. So many issues here. Well, I think, you know, there, there's a great text that just came in on the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, it says, Joe Maurer is great because he was always available and consistent. Not a first ballot guy, though. And, and that's fine. Like, the first ballot thing, I'm willing to concede that maybe Joe, Joe Maurer is not a first ballot guy. But his body of work, that texture's spot on. I mean, he always played, he always hit, and he was always there for them. I think I think Joe Maurer's biggest problem is he played on a bunch of crappy twins teams. Yeah, I mean, and isn't the Hall of Fame usually reserved for great players on great teams? I, I would actually champion that Joe Maurer is probably the one Hall of Famer 
or less than like you can count on one hand total that are from crappy teams. In the paging Hall of Fame. Ken Griffey Jr. Paging Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, th- they had way more playoff success in the mid to late '90s in Seattle than the Twins ever did during Joe Mauer's way career. Way more? I don't know about that. '95 playoff run that saved baseball in Seattle. The '97 wild card season. Tony Gwynn went to, Tony Gwynn me? went to a World Series and got humiliated not him personally but the Padres got humiliated and then never sniffed anything again I don't think play this isn't the NFL this you know okay Tony Gwynn's another good example this isn't in the sense of like if you or the NBA if you don't win a title you're not good Tony if Dan Marino has a Super Bowl ring there are people out there that are arguing he's the greatest quarterback ever Tony but because he doesn't nobody gives him the light of day didn't Gwynn hit like 390 one season yeah yeah I feel like there's a difference there sorry 394. There's a major difference between him and Joe Maurer. And every single other season, it was like, oh, 330, 340, 310. That's what his career was. But to think, you don't think he's a Hall of Famer at all. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, especially a first ballot Hall of Famer. I never, when I'm thinking, ah, guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame someday, I never thought of Joe Maurer as striking in the Hall of Fame. 14-year career batting 306 with an MVP, gold gloves, and silver sluggers is not a Hall of Famer? Uh, Then Ray Durham should be in the Hall of Fame. Then, Then and we should look at Brett Boone, possibly, because he played 12, 13 years Does in Major Brett League Boone Baseball. Does Brett Boone have a career 306 batting average? Of course average? not. But a lot of guys, especially of that era, I, I mean, we're seeing now, what, only nine guys hit over 300 this season? We're that's seeing, what I'm saying. How many non-steroid guys have career 300 batting average that aren't in well, the Hall of Fame? a lot back then. I would say that, no, the, the batting averages have gone down. And Joe Maurer retired, what, uh, 2018, 19? And he wasn't he wasn't as great at that point of his career, but he was still hitting 260. When he was hitting 300, it was a little bit easier to hit Major League Baseball. I'm okay with the idea that Maurer's not a first ballot. I'm okay with it, but I'm also not really a first ballot uh, like reserved guy. Like I said, the answer is yes or um. And if the answer is anything but an instant yes, then the answer is no. <clears throat> Argue you want about first ballot. Joe Maurer's a Hall of Famer. Uh, okay. I think I think for of his of what what do we got here? One, two, three, 14 year career. There's 10 years of that that people would have died to have Joe Maurer. I guess. I mean, I I you know what? Maybe the crappy team is making me look down upon him in some way, but you just look at the stats and there's a lot of hits that don't accomplish anything. The and, Michael Brantley rule. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love Michael Brantley, and everybody's like, yeah, that guy's only good at hitting when nobody's on base. Exactly. And it's not like Joe Maurer. I mean, he never got over 100 RBIs in his career. And and I, 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 you know, at the beginning of this, talking about Hall of Famers was saying how those stat levels maybe aren't necessarily as easy to obtain. So, sure. They're but, all going to have to change. But you look at a guy never in his career, 15 years, and the most – RBIs that he ever got was 96. I mean, I, I I usually think stats are for losers, but in Hall of Fame talks, this is where stats you dive. Stats are everything. Yeah, exactly. This is where you dive into stuff, and it just, I see a good hitter, maybe even a great hitter, but not a Hall of Famer. Uh, 306 batting average, 388 on-base percentage. That backs your point. <clears throat> that backs your point. The on-base percentage is not that much higher than the batting average. That That does back your point. Either way, uh, Joe Maurer will be a part of the 2024 Hall of Fame. Never got class. over 200 hits in a season either. That's wild. That's crazy. That's nuts. that's nuts. Because like usually good hitters like that have seasons of 200 hits. I'll give you that. Uh, J- Schultz, 
you're making points here. You're not wrong. I disagree. Okay, I get it. But I understand, you know, and usually usually on this, I'm like, no, you're an idiot. For sure. Joe Maurer is polarizing. And, and Joe Maurer is polarizing, and that's why he's a first ballot at 76%. Two guys don't vote for him, and he's not in. He he might be the luckiest Hall of Famer of all time. <laughs> I, I'm going to state that now. So good 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 job, Joe. Congratulations. Yeah, you're about as lucky as Brittany Mahomes getting to be friends with Taylor Swift. All right, when we come back, let's dive into the first ballot guy uh, that uh, 95%. I think he was left off 13 ballots, uh, and I'll tell you why. I'm more. Su- this is the most surprising one to me. Of all three. We'll do that next. The Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. It's always baseball season. This is The Hot Corner with Harrison Fisher on 1080 The Fan. Coming up in the second hour, we'll get into some more Hall of Fame. We'll look at the future. Maybe we'll dive into some Mariner talk. Maybe we'll talk football. Who knows? Stick, stay tuned. Uh, but I chose uh, Eddie Diaz's walk-in music as it, uh, it's got that Latin vibe to it uh, as we slide so in. sexy. As we slide into one of the highest vote-getters in the history of the Hall of Fame, and that is third baseman Adrian Beltre will also join Joe Maurer and Todd Helton along with Jim Leland, who is secretly my spirit animal, uh, getting into the Hall of Fame in... 2025 adrian beltre is the fifth dominican born player to enter the hall of fame which i think is just fantastic you know one thing i love about the world baseball classic and just the current state of baseball is we are probably you know the nba is not far behind too but we are probably the most worldwide league there is even if it is heavy western hemisphere um he'll be the fifth dominican born player to enter the hall of fame uh, that's Juan Marichal in 1983. Had to wait another 32 years for the next Dominican. That'd be Pedro. Uh, and then the floodgates kind of open with Vladdy Sr. and David Ortiz. Um, Adrian Beltre, to me, is is fascinating. Um, is Adrian Beltre a Hall of Famer, Patrick? My answer is, uh, which is a no. But if 95% of voters say yes, then I had to have been missing something. And I don't know if it's some of his career kind of pre-Texas kind of scream steroids to me. Uh, but they put in Jeff Bagwell. They put in Pudge Rodriguez. They put in Mike Piazza. They put in David Ortiz. They're clearly... As long as you're not caught. They're clearly letting guys slide if you're a good guy. Now, I did watch a two-minute clip today. Somebody posted on Reddit about funny moments of Adrian Beltre. And it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. He doesn't want people to touch his head. That's always hilarious. The relationship between him and Elvis Andrews in Texas is really amazing. It's really cool and fun. Like, you can tell those guys like each other. Mm-hmm. Now, his stats show it, but I guess, and maybe this is on me, I, I guess every time I watched Adrian Beltre play, I, I never thought he was a Hall of Famer, but pie in my face, I'm wrong. What, What is it about Beltre 
that you loved, Schultze? Um, I mean, the longevity. Minus the four years in <laughs> Seattle where he got paid a buku amount of dollars to do nothing. And hit 30 home runs <laughs> less uh, than the previous 48 that he had for the Dodgers. It's like, uh, did you stop the roids? What the hell? Um, the longevity of his career, I mean, he just kept hitting. He kept hitting, and he kept hitting. And there was never a point where you thought, oh, He's going to be like this 600 home run career hitter. He's going to be like one of the greatest hitters of all time. But he kind of quietly became one of the best hitters, at least of this time. I don't think he'll go down ever in Major League Baseball as, you know, one of the most like we think of Vlad Guerrero as a creative hitter. We think of David Ortiz as somebody that could smack balls anywhere. Like, I don't think Adrian Beltre has ever gained notoriety for being a certain type of hitter. He's just a good hitter and the stats show that i mean batting average career 286 you look down 48 home runs yeah he had a crappy year in seattle after that but then pretty consistently in texas hit over 30 when he was healthy hmm, i wonder why ah, <laughs> maybe some hgh i don't know allegedly this is just a this is I know nothing. This is just a stupid, chubby radio host here talking out of his ass. But I do think that he is definitely one of the better hitters of this era. And when you talk about third baseman, I mean, he's been in the MVP voting a couple of times in his career, the top 10. He made it twice, no, three times. And then he also grabbed three gold gloves as well. I think he should have won a gold glove. I count five gold gloves. Oh, no, 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 no. Excuse me. Yeah, I I wasn't even looking at the Mariners. Five gold gloves, uh, Three, four, four silver, silver sluggers. sluggers. So it's pretty complete. And we were just bitching about Joe Maurer not having any numbers. This guy has 20 years of nothing but numbers in Major League Baseball. 3,100 hits, 477 home runs. I mean, we talk about it all the time. We might never see somebody hit 500 again. And, and This what about might th- be the highest career home run total we see for a long time. And what about 3,000 hits? That yeah. was... 3,000 is the mark. That is 3, the 3,000 hits gets you in unless you're Rafael Palmeira. What up, dude? And how many players, Patrick, play 20 years and even have enough at-bats to get 3,000 hits? He had to go to the plate over 12,000 times to get those 3,000 hits, man. Yeah. That's a long career, and when you stick it around like that for that long and everybody loves you and you just don't put up with any BS... Yeah, you mentioned the nice guy factor. A guy like that's always going to get in. And I'm I'm frankly surprised that he didn't get every single vote. Yeah, we, we have a texter texting in, too, on this. 503-864-6326. 1,700 RBIs. Oh, yeah, I'm not even thinking of those. That's that's clutch is what that's that is. That's a lot. That, that's that, a lot. You can show up when you need to. And I think, And I think one thing that benefits Beltre a lot in this, too, is let's talk about third baseman in the Hall of Fame. There ain't many of them. That's a great point. The as hot well. corner is a tough, tough place to play. And I mean, that's why we named this show that, because this is a tough place to play sometimes. Well, Beltre did it for 20 years without a cup. You know, so Adrian Beltre, Scotty Rowland, Scotty Baseball, as I like to call him. A Rod. Um, no, I'm talking about Hall of Famers. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, Scott yeah. Rowland. Best third baseman of all you time know, is what George I'm saying. George Brett. Um, Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt. Frank, uh, not Frank, but uh, uh, Brooks Robinson. Yes. You know, there aren't a lot of third basemen. The next third baseman going to the Hall of Fame might be Nolan Arenado, and that's in 10 years. Like, third basemen don't get in. So I do think, and I, I, I don't mean this as a slight. I mean this as a compliment. I do think playing third baseman, third base helped him a lot. 
it's a very difficult position to play that not a lot of people get a lot of credit for. And if you can do 1,700 RBIs, bat over 280 for your career, play for 20 years, 3,000 hits, on the cusp of 500 home runs, that's going to get you in. You think Nolan Arenado's going to hit those numbers? I don't. And Beltre also stayed on the field his whole career, too. He didn't, he played, it was the final year of his career where it looks like he played the most games at DH of 44, but every other year it was just like a day off here and there. And they kept him in the lineup at third base in the middle of the order. So, yeah, yes. why aren't you all starting in 2002? 159, 158, 156, 156, 156, 149, 143, yeah. 111, a little dip his last year in Seattle. 154, you know, and 156, 161, 140. Like, the dude played baseball. Well, and, it, and that that 111 is because he got hit in the mm in Seattle. All right. And That's we all when we figured, learned he didn't wear a cup. No, you don't wear a cup, Adrian. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> uh so congratulations to Adrian Beltre being a 95 percenter. I believe I saw the number was 13 people left him off their ballot. That's pretty rare air. So congratulations to Adrian Beltre. That fills out the 2024 Hall of Fame class. Let's pivot now to 2025, where I think there's a lot of interesting questions going into 2025 as we stick with this heavy Hall of Fame version of the Hot Corner. Don't go anywhere. Loaded second hour. This is the Hot Corner, Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 